What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Hamilton Train Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jared Hamilton. I really appreciate you popping on today and listening. Now, I have a really cool guest with me today, okay? I have my good friend, Dr. Alex Spinoso. Um, he's an MD, and I really wanted to get him on here and talk about his thoughts on some of this fat loss, weight loss, fitness stuff, because I wanted uh, not just an expert opinion, but I wanted a doctor's opinion on a lot of this stuff. Because here's the thing, we see, you know, I'm sure you've seen it, a lot of stuff cluttering the the information, weight loss, fat loss, fitness space, right? You see Dr. Oz, you know, talking about his stuff, but then you see, you know, someone else on Shredded on Instagram talking about this, and then, you know, well, is it about calories? Is it about food quality? Is it about a little bit of both? Is it, you know, what's the deal with supplements? What's the deal? Like, there's all these things. But I wanted to get not just, like I said, an expert opinion. I wanted a legitimate doctor's opinion of someone that I love and trust um, that not only has the background, that that's seen patients, that works in their practice. And honestly, he looks the part too. You know, that's, that's the, the one of the coolest things about Alex is um, he not only is literally the one of the most humble people you'll ever meet. He has the brains behind all of this. He shows up he works with patients he and he looks the part like he is literally the full package with all this and he's brilliant so um i'm super stoked to have him on the podcast i'm super stoked to interview him so um yeah i will quit talking now because this isn't about me this is about you guys and i want to get you guys as much value as possible so let me get alex on the line and we'll get into the into this thing i'll talk soon dude what's up Hey, Jared. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. Good, man. I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Not a problem. How I appreciate name? you having me on. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, well, we are recording. We are live. Uh, well, not live because I haven't published it yet, but we are recording. So, um, yeah. So, how's your day been, dude? Not bad. I want to walk for 75 hard buzz have a poo dog but otherwise been pretty chill got some things to do today that i'm trying to figure out for the businesses and everything nice, so man. i love should it. be a pretty good it. day well uh, let's do this let's get right into it um so for the people that, that'll be listening give a little bit of kind of your story your background who you are that way they'll have a lot of good kind of context and uh, of kind of what's going on yeah absolutely um so first off, my name is Alex Spinoso. I am a physician and a uh, kind of entrepreneur. I don't like to call myself entrepreneur. I think that's a stupid word everybody likes to use nowadays. But I grew up in Northern California, Sacramento area. I went to school back east at Dartmouth for college. We'll just fast forward to that. Then I went to medical school in England and came back to Southern California to finish up residency and work here in Southern California in the prison systems. Uh, after a while in the prison systems, I realized I didn't, that wasn't enough for me working for somebody else the rest of my life. So I dove deep into entrepreneur books and entrepreneur uh, groups and ended up in the RTA syndicate headed by Andy Frisella and Ed Milet, oh, which yeah. you know all about, Jared. And so... From that, I was able to partner with three or four different RTA entrepreneurs, and we 
have a couple businesses that are actually being built right now. Um, one of which has already started our scrub company that we started building in October and we have our first order coming down the line. And the second one is actually a hormone stem cell therapy clinic that we'll be starting within the next month and a half, actually, after I moved that's to Las so Vegas dope, from where that's, I live. That's now. awesome. What got, what got you into medicine? Uh, well, I had, when, when I was about 12 or 13, I had torn my ACL in my knee and I had watched my father go through the same thing. He actually didn't have surgery at all and he just rehabbed it, but he always had some sort of chronic nagging injuries. I knew I wanted to play soccer at a very high level, whether it be college or uh, later on, I ended up playing semi-professional in England. So I, I knew I needed to have surgery. I just didn't think it would ever happen. I talked to multiple orthopedic surgeons who said my growth plates weren't closed. So if they drilled through it, I would never be able to play oh, right wow. again. I'd never be able to walk right again or run right again. So I ended up actually having knee surgery at the age of 15. Had to wear a knee brace for two years up until that time. And uh, my orthopedic surgeon was amazing. He pretty much gave me my life back at that time because I was an athlete yeah. and that was my entire life. So uh, having them, having him give that back to me was just irreplaceable. And from then on, I, I kind of wanted, I didn't want another child to feel the same kind of pain and mental anguish that I had felt going to the doctors over and over and over and them just telling me, oh, you'll never walk right again or You'll never be able to play sports at a high level again. And uh, he was the only one that kind of believed in me. So that really pushed me towards that's, the medical field. At the that's beginning. amazing, man. I love, I, I think age. we all at some point have the, those, that, that moment where like, it's someone else believes in you more than you, you really believe in yourself in that little aha moment. I think we all have that to some point. Yeah, absolutely. It really changes your perspective of things. Yeah, and I was fortunate sure. to have that early on. Now, um, one thing, <laughs> One thing that I've I've noticed about you, especially when we uh, we met in St. Louis, is you're a jacked fucking doctor. Do you ever have like patients come in and go like, "Oh fuck"? <laughs> yeah, usually every day. I get one of I get one of two things. One, how often do you work out? Or two, you're too young to be a doctor. Those are usually the first two comments I would say with eighty percent of patients when I walk now, in now, the door. Now, do you like find it? like funny and and ironic or does it get annoying oh no i i don't find it funny or ironic at all and most of the time they're being uh very genuine very serious there is the the two or three people that think i'm too young to be a doctor and and they say it in a way that's sneering and you know that they're just trying to think that you're stupid but i always respond with well i'm old enough to write your prescriptions so that usually that that usually shuts up 100 percent of people but otherwise, no, I don't, I don't find it uh, annoying at all. I think it's, one, very flattering, and two, I think in the medical field, there is a huge disparity in what we teach and what we tell our patients to do versus what we actually do. Um, because in the end, obesity is, is huge in the medical field. If you work on any, <laughs> if, you, if you've been to any nursing floor or any floor in the hospital, there are snacks everywhere, hidden in the break rooms and everything like that. And people just snack all day long. So it, it's quite honestly, not a very uh, healthy field to be in, whether it's the stress or the actual food that you're eating. 
So I think it's important for us to actually be role models, to actually walk the walk and, and do what we preach. So it, I find it very flattering when they tell me that. That's awesome. Well, pumps I mean, up my ego. I mean, that, that's amazing, man. I mean, leading from the front is the only way to lead in my, you know, it's with the way I believe. And that that's amazing. So now Absolutely, here's what I yeah. really wanted to get in some of the, the deeper nuts and bolts of what I wanted to talk to you about is, uh, especially with the people that I work with and that I talk to, um, I, I see a lot of people that will like, let's say clients that go to the doctor, friends and family that go to the doctor or people that go to the doctor. And do you see, maybe it's just me, uh, and, and I'm also by no means a doctor. Do you see a lot of doctors giving just horrendous advice and information on someone coming in with an issue like weight loss or they're unhealthy to an extent? Do you see a lot of doctors giving just terrible advice? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the hardest part about being a physician is the fact that you have to you have to diagnose, treat, and come up with a plan within right. seven to fifteen minutes. The average right. visit is about seven minutes. So honestly, you don't you don't see a person for six months. You don't see what they're what they're suffering through. You don't see uh, how they've been trying to lose weight. You don't see what they've been eating. You don't have time for a lot of that. So physicians usually just spout out the random things that they like to do it's the almost the same thing as mm -hmm. a personal trainer you talk to 10 personal trainers you're going to get 10 different opinions it's the same thing with physicians you talk to 10 different physicians you're going to get 10 different opinions uh the only issue is that in medical school in general physicians aren't taught much about nutrition proper nutrition uh proper weight loss anything like that that's all has that all has to be learned later on in life or by somebody who's passionate about that subject. So you end up with physicians who just repeat what everybody else says or uh, just seem to kind of be a, a repeating parrot when it comes to what their friends have told them or what their attending has told them in years past. And it's never, it's never improved upon. It's just the same shit over and over and over that they preach. You know, you should exercise more. You should eat less carbs. Um, you know, it's 50-50 between intermittent fasting. Some will argue for, some will argue against. Neither of one knows <laughs> what the fuck they're talking about. So really in the end, there's a lot of bad physician advice when it comes yeah. to dieting. And I see it all the time. Um, and it's, it's very typical in any situation. So I think that's a huge problem with a lot of the medical field especially since obesity is so rampant nowadays is that everybody has a one one trick pony solution if you go to a certain physician and that's what they stick to for every single person and as you know every yeah. single person's completely different. so what is, what would you suggest for people because unfortunately not everybody is going to have you as their doctor um now what would you say how someone should go about handling it if they go to their doctor and you know, they have, a, a, let's say, like an overweight issue and just health metrics are not in good places. And the doctor does just that. They're like, OK, either just cut your carbs, either uh, do keto, intermittent fast or, well, let's uh, I, ha I, ha I know a bunch of doctors who for straight say you'll never get to where you want to go with diet and exercise. We need to put you under a blade and we need to do weight loss surgery or take this weight loss pharmaceutical 
if someone goes to their doctor and is getting that kind of advice, what do you think someone should do? Uh, I think they should, one, take their opinion with a grain of salt. Make sure you go and research it yourself. You know, Dr. Google is pretty amazing <laughs> nowadays to be able to tell you, tell you what is correct and what isn't correct. Um, and then some next steps I would take is find out how you want to change your life. Uh, no matter what any physician says, no matter what any trainer says, if you don't think you have a problem and you can't introspectively look at yourself and say, yes, okay, I am this much overweight, or yes, my cholesterol is really high, I should probably try and lower that down. You're not going to be able to change your habits. Habits are attached to reasons. So if you don't have a good enough reason to change, you'll never change. Or you'll change for six weeks, and then you'll go back to the same things you were that's, doing right that's before. Great. So make, sh- make sure you're researching it. Make sure you have a reason to change. And then run with that reason. That could either be talking to different physicians. That could be going down uh, to a trainer that you trust and talk to them and sit with them and say, hey, this is what my doctor said. How can we change this part of my diet? Or how can I change this part of my exercise? Or what should the plan be? Talk to as many people and get as many opinions as you can as possible. And then just choose the opinions that you think would fit in your lifestyle. So just like you know, Jared, every diet is different. Some people respond phenomenally with perform phenomenally with other types of diets, except for the fact that it doesn't work for everyone. Right. So find out what's best for you and what's going to be the best for your lifestyle. I love it. I I, do that. No, that's, that's so much, so many gold nuggets in that. So, so let me ask you this from your seat, from where you see everything, where do you, what, where are some big common spots that you see people go wrong? Like what are the biggest commonalities that you see where, uh, where people go South with this whole weight loss game? I think the biggest things where people go wrong is that they take what their friend or good friend has done to succeed and they copy the exact same thing for themselves. That never works, never works for people because even your best friend, you have a completely different body then. And truly they try and do the same things and then they get frustrated. So what they inevitably do is either work out more or cut more calories and they turn into a huge spiral where they really destroy their own metabolism And when that happens, then they rebound and they gain more weight afterwards. And I think that's the biggest problem is that they'll they'll latch on to what their friend did or latch on to what somebody else very close to them did. And they won't get the same results that person did because you're not with that person Mm 24-7. You don't know what else else they did to get that result. Um, You don't know how you can improve upon those results with your own body and your own metabolism and your own diet and exercise and weight loss plan and your own schedule, which is a huge part of it. Really look at what your friends are doing, see what might fit in your lifestyle and then, and then just take the best bits and give it time. 
Number one, you cannot buy, whether you're buying a weight loss pill or a fat burner, or whether you're buying supplements or whether you're buying the best workout Nikes or Adidas or heart rate monitors or clothing that might make you run faster or heat your, heat your body up to a perfect fat burning temperature, et cetera, et cetera, all that bullshit. The number one you can't, number one thing you mm. cannot buy is time. And time's the most important weight loss. Fitness consultant, builder, any miscellaneous, the little things done right, day. I'm with you, man. A hundred percent. One of my, one of my, uh, what, along those lines, I use this example a lot with clients was, I don't know if you were on that Arate call where Andy was talking about the, the, the birthday cake. Remember his birthday cake yes. example? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's li- like, I have, I, I give that example to clients about trying to people trying to mitigate the time so much. And I see like eyeballs, like, Oh shit. It makes so much sense now on how there's just people trying to work harder take more stuff, do more of this, do more of this to mitigate time. But, um, but it, then you throw out the birthday cake example and everyone's like, Oh fuck, that makes so much sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on top of the birthday cake and example, you have Andy's uh, example of the soap in the bucket yep. with washing your car. Yep. So all the little, all the little ingredients you absolutely need, you can't skip an ingredient. And then just like the cake example, you can't turn that bitch up to, 700 degrees and cook it fast and think that you're actually going to get something that's attainable at the end. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you a hundred percent. Now, something else I was really wanting to talk to you about and hit on is I know I'm kind of throwing a lot of little, little questions that I get asked a lot and topics at you. Um, I, I see a lot of people now, correct me if I'm wrong. I see a lot of people out there like basically trying to play doctor themselves with things like, oh, I'm going to go on a detox because my liver needs help or I need to, um, you know, I'm going to try to be my own little endocrinologist and manipulate my own own hormones and insulin levels and all this crazy stuff. Um, Whereas in my opinion, if you have insulin or if you have insulin or hormone optimization issues, you need to go see a doctor. If your liver, kidneys, lymphatic system whatever is fucked up you need to go see a doctor versus everyone trying to you know be little dr oz themselves i'd love to you to talk about that yeah i absolutely agree and that's a huge reason why that has come about is shows like dr oz and the doctors and things like that where people can start to say oh if i take lemon juice and some apple cider vinegar for this all of a sudden i'll be cured uh that's what a lot of those shows have kind of had and so it really confuses people for one and for two I I totally agree with you you have a lot of influencers out there who are trying to treat themselves or telling other people to treat themselves and unfortunately people really believe it because they trust in influencers you see them every day when you open your Instagram or when you open your Facebook so 
they're going to get followed. The problem with that is a lot of times you can have really serious diseases or really serious problems that you're trying to mask or you're trying to fix with over-the-counter or actual labs, things like that. People will say, oh, I'm really tired. I must have adrenal fatigue, when really they just have problems with their hormones and testosterone therapy, estrogen therapy. Or people will say, oh, you know, I need to take this fat burner. And then they take it for six months. And once they get off of it, they gain a bunch of weight. Why? Because they've absolutely destroyed their thyroid. So, So people need to be very aware that when they're taking any type of supplementation in general or doing anything that uh, it has no real proven science that it could be extremely dangerous. Now, on the opposite side of that, it's always important for physicians to realize that people are going to try and treat themselves in certain ways and try and do uh, certain things to help themselves. And all they're trying to do, they mean well, all they're trying to do is, is help themselves, but it's, it's really up to education in the end. Education is how you really help these people. And making sure you're following physicians or following providers that have a lot of education on their pages or provide a lot of education and honestly going yourself and learning about everything, vetting the idea, hey, if I take an Epsom salt bath for this certain amount of time, will it actually help? And Googling it because honestly, Google is one of the best tools. Even physicians I know use Google. So the thing is, you have to research it yourself. You can't just take other people's word right. for certain things. And doing that will doing that will always put you in a bad position if you always just take everybody else's word for things. You have to vet it yourself. You have to make sure it's true. And then you could just move on and te- and test that yeah. theory in the real no, world. I love that. that that's, that's, that's so amazing. Um, because that, that's the thing is I see, I see so much of that with just in my fat loss population, so to speak, um, a lot of it is along those lines where everyone's just trying to play like, well, oh, I read this on this magazine cover and I heard this on Dr. Oz or, and it's just like, you know, everyone's so quick to, you know, pound, um, pound fat burners and, and drink copious amounts of celery juice. But, you know, strength training three days a week is a little much a bit to ask for or something. It's crazy. Exactly. Now, the, totally the, other, the last big thing I really wanted to talk to you about was um, a lot of people uh, in that, that end up talking to me or that I'll see online is they try, they go, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question best, is they, they come across it from a super medical voice and a very medical standpoint about things like, oh, well, if my hormones are optimized here this way or the uh, I have a specific blood type, so my diet's this way or I'm endomorphic ectomorphic uh, and stuff this way basically all this medical jargon and they come back to the round the the realm that saying like calories don't count as long as hormones are optimized or well calories aren't you know your energy balance is a little old school and it doesn't matter versus i would love to hear your thoughts on that like i see a lot of people take it too far and they're like oh i'm just going to eat my calorie deficit and pop tarts and gummy bears which obviously is not good but a lot of people that I keep seeing, they're like, oh, no, because of my blood type, because of my body type, because of my hormones, calories really don't matter. So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. 
Yeah, I that that's a really difficult subject because there are I think two parts to it. So the calories doesn't matter part is is a very difficult part because people like to say, oh, you know, calories in, calories out, just like you were saying. Now, there's a difference between calorie count and calorie quality. So if you hit your macros, great, wonderful, that's good every single day. The problem is that there's a huge difference in the body's metabolism of and utilization of calories that are quote-unquote cleaner calories, whether it be uh, your chicken and rice with broccoli or whether every now and then you have a pizza, things like that, that have actual ingredients versus stuff that's just processed over the counter, you know, over and over and over from these giant factories, whether it be chips (laughs) that last three years on the shelf or whether it be Pop-Tarts and things like that. And actually, many people don't know this, but most of those companies that produce your chips or produce your candy bars or produce uh, any of those snacks like Pop-Tarts are actually owned by really? the cigarette companies. So when, so when cigarette companies went under about 10, 15, 20 years ago when everybody started the anti-smoking campaigns and they got kicked out of bars and et cetera, et cetera, they, tried, they had to figure out how they're going to still make a ton of money. So they just went and bought places that produce all your favorite snacks now over the counter that you can buy straight in the little plastics that last for 10 years. And you can research that. The, the, I don't want to drop names or anything like that, but all the research is out there. Most of those companies are actually owned by big name tobacco companies. And what the benefit of that is for them is that they could run under this auspice that they're uh, healthier and cleaner and not killing people with cigarettes however they're clean they're killing people with all the nitrates and garbage and everything in the snacks that people consume now on a daily basis multiple times a day so there is a huge difference between calorie quality and calorie count also in terms of inflammation in the body now if you google things like the anti-inflammatory diet things like that there there are certain foods within our body that create a response and that response is inflammation in the gut, whether that leads to irritable bowel syndrome or that full feeling that you have all day after Mm -hmm. eating maybe a McDonald's cheeseburger. You feel that you don't really need to eat much the rest of the day, but when you eat a clean food, you're starving an hour later. That's inflammation in the gut. That's the gut responding to the poor food quality that you are consuming. So the problem with that is that you aren't going to digest food and your gut microbiome is actually going to change when you're digesting garbage food versus when you're digesting quality food. That affects your utilization of those calories and that affects your ability in the end to perform. I mean, you don't see top MLB players, top NHL players, top NBA players. You see them (laughs) eating Pop-Tarts every fucking day to hit their calories? Absolutely not. They're on a very strict diet regimen. I mean, the best, one of the best examples of it is 40-year-old Tom Brady. Everybody thinks he's an absolute psychopath when it comes to his diet and when it comes to his exercise regimen and when it comes to his kids' diets. No, he's not a psychopath. He just knows the science. He's very meticulous about the science. He's very meticulous about what he puts into his body and how he puts it into his body. And that's allowed him to really perform at a ridiculously high level 
five, ten years right. beyond what everybody else has. Why? Because he takes care of himself. He puts the right things in his body day in and day out until it's boring. So, yes, ca- calorie quality is very important when it comes to calorie count. Much more important. And the whole science with ectomorph, endomorph, mesomorph, blah, 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 blah. It's just, I think, a large part of that is people's excuses to not do the work and to not actually diet the way they're supposed to fucking diet. I like, I heard you even now. No, no, no. You can go. Yeah, go ahead. And now you could go down the rabbit hole and you could look at things like the blood type diet or you can, there are certain tests that will test to see whether your body reacts inflammatory to certain foods. And I think those actually help a lot of people when it comes to disorders like rheumatoid disorder or any uh, inflammatory disorder of the bowel. Those can actually really help some of those diets and some of those tests. However, people like to lean on them and say, oh, without actually getting themselves tested, oh, I'm this type of body because this is how my shape is. And because of that, then this is how I'm supposed to eat. And that's absolutely not true. If you don't have any science or tests or or proven, any proven uh, test in front of you saying, hey, this is what you are reacting to unfavorably, this is probably what you should avoid, then honestly, the rest of it is bullshit. <laughs> with you. I feel like there's a lot of, well, I feel like dot, 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 where feelings are uber biased and there's no real backing if, without having someone actually have performed blood tests or gone to actually see a doctor and have this conversation. All right. One last thing, Absolutely. then I will let you get back to your, uh, your day. Um, kind of tying everything in together Uh, in your opinion like let's say someone's listened to this episode and they're like okay i'm ready to change my situation i'm ready to get get uh, get better lose fat get stronger live longer all that stuff what is your best opinion and thoughts on someone getting started to do that uh the best opinion and thoughts that i would have is Talk to somebody you trust or somebody close to you who has lost weight or is currently losing weight. There are 93 million Americans at any time on a diet during the year. So you can literally walk out your door and talk to anybody at work, talk to anybody in your family. I'm sure one or two of them are going to be on a quote unquote diet and see if it's working for them. See what's worked for them. Look for the person that has lost 10, 15 pounds in the office and ask them, hey, you know, you have gotten some really good results. What are you doing? And find out that way and start to educate yourself about the process and what it takes. Because everybody looks on the outside world and they say, oh, the biggest loser, man, I can lose 100 pounds in three months. What they don't realize is all the studies showing that 87% of the contestants on The Biggest Loser have gained the weight back that they lost oh, yeah. within six months. And something like 96% have gained the weight back or are larger than they were after a year. So everybody looks at the quick fix, the quick way to get 
weight loss and they, they don't realize how long it actually takes. So I would really do that. Talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors, talk to somebody you trust, follow people like Jared Hamilton and other good social entrepreneurs that are actually teaching what's proper out there and educating themselves. And then going from there, it would be to reach out and to these people and see if they're local, find a trainer, find a diet that works for them. And last thing is just I give it, it time. Awesome. Thank you, dude, so much for all of this. Now, before I hop off here, if someone, after listening to this, they really like the way your energy and the way that your philosophies are and want to either follow you or learn more about you or uh, things like that, where can people find you at? Yeah, they can find me on, on any IG platform, Alex Spinoso, S-P-I-N-O-S-O underscore M-D. Uh, they can reach out to me, send me any messages on there. I have my email on there as well. Uh, so anything they'd like to ask, anything they'd like to talk about, I do medical Mondays where there's nothing off limits to talk about. We broach all the uh, difficult <laughs> subjects that everybody wants to ask their doctor, but is embarrassed to, uh, and I don't name names or anything like that. I just make sure that the question gets asked because inevitably mm-hmm. somebody else will have the same exact question. So they can reach out to me on that platform. Awesome, man. Well, once again, thank there. you so much. I know your schedule is packed like multi like hundreds of patients per day kind of stuff so the fact that you're willing to carve it out for you know this half hour episode i really really appreciate it man thank you so much absolutely awesome, brother, man. i will talk to you later have quite a great an honor. day see ya all right guys thank you once again for listening and tuning in to today's episode of the podcast like i said before it means a ton to me And another special thanks to Alex, because I'm telling you, this is one of the busiest guys I know. He sees like over 100 patients a day like himself. So taking the time to hop on here means a ton to me personally. So, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for being on here. And be sure to rank and review the podcast if you have not already, because that's how we get this podcast to more ears. I bring you guys some of the best experts in their fields so all i ask from you guys is to rank and review the podcast and maybe share it with a friend so i love you so much thank you once again for your support i will talk to you later